Hey guys, thanks for joining us on Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. Subscribe to us on Apple and Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify to get notified when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, praisechapellasvegas.com, to find out more about us and give online. Thanks again for joining and enjoy today's message. Amen. Come on, give the Lord one more praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Go ahead and grab a seat. I want to minister, amen, a two-part series, amen. Uh, the second part will be next year. Um, but, uh, of course, next week, amen, uh, after Sunday, our Sunday uh, Christmas service, amen, uh, we will be off for uh, a Restmas week. And so it's a week of everybody just relaxing with their family during Christmas, amen, enjoy each other. If you're traveling or anything like that, amen, it's a time to really just uh, have a, a great rest week, amen, with your family and prepare for uh, whatever you're going to do for Christmas, amen. So, And then we'll come on back on Sunday, Amen. Sunday after uh, our Christmas service, I'll get back to the armor of God. Amen. And, and equip us as we get ready to go into 2021. Uh, we do have a fast next month, a three-day fast. So prepare for that. And so for some of us, you're going to need it. Hallelujah. From all the eating, for holiday eatings. Amen. It's a good way to start. Amen. Uh, by uh, by fasting. Amen. Now, we'll give you those dates. Amen. we got the new banner that we'll be displaying next month. Amen. Uh, for our year. Amen. As we go into our 20th year, hallelujah, 20-year celebration next year, hallelujah. And so hopefully things will open up, amen. Either way, we're, we're going we're gonna to have a conference, amen. We're going to do things. I don't know how big it's going to be or what we can do, uh, but we're, gonna, we're, gonna, we're still going to celebrate uh, 20 years. So, uh, so it's going to be a great part, a uh, great, great time in 2021. And so you guys got the, the, the Crown Conference. As you guys know, that conference, amen, is not only for the ladies for uh, Friday night and Saturday morning, but we have a Saturday night alive, and we have a, a Sunday morning, amen. We have a Pastor Hector um, uh, Hernandez coming from PC Orange, amen, going to minister on Saturday night. He's going to bring the word, and then Jose Vargas is going to tear it up on Sunday morning, the evangelist Jose Mario. So we're going to have a, a great whole weekend uh, for the ladies and for the church, and we're, we're just going to have a, we're going to kick it off cool. And somebody say Amen. We're going to have a good time, amen, so get ready for 2021, amen. But I want to minister a two-part series. The second part I'll minister in January, amen. But uh, it's, a, it's an uh, entitled uh, series, this two-part series, Breaking the Cycle. Breaking the Cycle. And what I'm talking about is breaking that sin, that hurtful habit that you go back to. Come on, somebody. If we're going to have victory in 2020, amen, and go into 2021, I mean, know that we need, to, we need to break some habits. There's some things that we need to get rid of, amen, and, and sin is a problem. Can somebody say amen? You know, we must get rid of this. We must deal with these, these habits, these hang-ups in our lives, amen. That, 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 you know, that, that, I'm talking about the thing that you don't want to do, but you do it again. Come on, am I talking to anybody in this place? Come on. And so how many know that? That we need to break. How many want to break that habit? Come on, break, break that cycle. Break, 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 break that thing. Because if you want to continue to grow in the Lord, if you want to continue to have a, uh, an encounter with God and walk in victory, you're going to need to break the, the cycle of bad habits and cut, up, uh, cut off those, those hang-ups in your life. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, 
Our text here says, therefore, since we have been surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off. Somebody say strip off. Strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Come on, I want you to focus on that one thing that you need to break, church. That thing that is tripping you up. That thing that, that's entangling you from going further with God. Amen. It says, let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We, we, we stop, uh, we have to stop these cycles within our lives. These things that trip us up, church. And now I'm going to read a passage of scripture that describes that when we go back or we get entangled, we don't get rid of these things. Let, let, let me tell you what, what, what's happening here. It's found in, in Proverbs 26, verse 11, and it repeats itself in 2 Peter 2.22. And this is out of the GWT version, and it says this, As a dog eats its own vomit, uh, so a fool recycles their stupidity. The New Living Translation says like this, as a dog returns to its vomit, so a fool repeats his foolishness. So the subtitle of this message, of this series, is Don't Let Your Dog Out. Look to your neighbor and say, Don't Let Your Dog Out. I know that this scripture that I just read, amen, sounds pretty gross, but it's a dog's nature to do that. Come on, yet like all of us, like dogs, just bear with me. And, and let me tell you, we have a tendency to return to our own vomit. And I'm talking about the sin. I'm talking about that hurtful habit, church. That, that sin that we, we dealt with and we thought it was gone and over and that we thrown it out. Amen. But when then we seek its scent and we return to it. Again and again. And sometimes again. In church, if we can be real today, can we be real tonight? We tend to return to our own vomit as well. Come on. It's time to break the cycle. And it's time to stand in victory. Come on. It really is. If we're going to grow and we really want the victory and we really want to be victorious with God, there are some things, come on, search, that we need to get rid of. There are some things that you think you got under control, but it's still tripping you up. It's still entangling you, and you can, you can come in and you can hide it, amen, but, but God knows. And there are things, amen, that God will not permit you to go further until you deal with this thing within our lives. I call it a sin-sick cycle of dog, of dog vomit. Tell your neighbor again, don't let that dog out. Listen, we need to deal with this cycle, and it's time to break the cycle. Come on, they say that seven out of ten Christians deal with temptation, and the other three are lying. <laughs> Meaning that we all deal the temptation phase, church. Uh, all of us, uh, come on, have a soft spot uh, that the devil knows about, amen, that sin that draws uh, you in. Come on, somebody say hello. Uh, come on, you see from that temptation phase, uh, we move into a sin phase. And that's when we mess up. That's when we, we commit to it. We're moving from thinking about it to actually 
doing it. James chapter 1, 14 to 15 says this, temptation, listen, look where temptation comes. It comes from, from your own desires. Come on, you have a scent for it, which entices us and drags us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. People who live for God often wonder why they still have temptations. We wonder, why does, does God tempt us? Does God try to seduce us to sin? No. God doesn't tempt anyone to sin, but he does test us. God allows Satan to tempt us. Just ask Job. Come on. And he does it not in order that to, to take you out. He, he does it in order to refine our faith, listen, and help us to grow in our dependence in Christ. Come on, that we can resist temptation to sin, amen, by turning to God for strength, amen, and listen, choosing to obey his word. Come on, that's, what, that's, the, whole, that's the key right there, church. Obey. Tell your neighbor, obey. We have to choose to trust God and obey God, obey his word. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 13 says this, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. Somebody say God is faithful. God is faithful and he will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he, speaking of God, will show you a way out so that you can endure. The Message Bible puts it like this. No test or temptation that comes your way is beyond the course of what you others have others what others have faced. All you need to remember is that God will never let you down. Come on, somebody. He will never let you be pushed past your limit. He'll always be there to help you to come through it. Come on, somebody. You see, it's easy to blame others or make excuses for our evil thoughts or our wrong actions. We like excuses like this, amen. It's the other person's fault. Come on. Or I couldn't help it. Come on. Everybody else is doing it. Come on, sister so-and-so. And that brother over there is doing it, so it must be okay. Come on. Or it was just a mistake. Or no one's perfect. The famous one has already said, the devil made me do it. Or I was pressured into it. Or I didn't know it was wrong. Shut up. <laughs> you know it's wrong. Tell your neighbor, you know. Oh, you know, amen. You know it's wrong. You don't, you don't have to say, I didn't know it was wrong. You know it's wrong. See, people who make excuses is trying to, to shift the blame, amen, from himself or herself to something or to someone else. But a true Christian, I think I'm talking to true Christians tonight, am I? True Christian, on the other hand, accepts the responsibility of his or her wrongdoing. A true Christian confesses them and then asks God to forgive them. You see, after sin, we move into a phase I call dog days. Come on, tell your neighbor, don't let the dog out. You know what I'm talking about? The dog days is when, when, when you feel bad for what you did. Come on. You kind of feel sick as a what? 
a dog, amen, for violating God's word. And you say to yourself, I can't believe I did it. I can't believe I did it again. I gave into it again. Why, God? And we, we, feel, we, we feel sick for what we did. But when we did it, it didn't feel that sick. We, 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 we did it. We got enticed. We, it's inside of us. The scent was there to go back to it, amen. And, and we fall into it. And then the conviction comes and, and we feel bad. And then we move. Listen, when we feel bad, we move to the promises. You ever did that? Come on, this is where you tell God, I promise you, God, I will never do it again. Come on, you ever said that? Come on, to God, I'm so sorry. I, I know I should have not done it, but I promise you, I, I make a vow to you. Lord. You ever made a vow to the Lord? Oh, come on, come on. Come on, you got, you, you're, making, you're, you're getting desperate here, amen. God, I, I make a vow to you. Some of you guys get really religious and start burning incense and building altars. I mean, some of you guys get really religious on this, thinking that, God, I need some forgiveness right there. And you say to yourself, I'm not going to return back to my vomit again. I'm not going to do that anymore. I, I am done with that. This is for sure now. This is for real, for real. Come on, I'm, I'm done. Come on, you ever got to that place? I'm done. From now on, I'm going to have the power to say no and overcome it. We, we say this to ourselves. We pump ourselves up because we felt so bad. Amen. We, we start making promises of God that, that you really can't keep. Come on, somebody. And we start saying these things. But then we go back to the temptation again. We're back to the sin again. And then we're back to the promises again. And around and around we go like a dog chasing its tail. Church, it's time to break the cycle and stand in victory. Come on, somebody. How many want victory in this place? How many want to break that cycle in this place, amen? How many want to end it right here and say, I'm not taking this into 2021, amen? I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm tired of this cycle. I'm not going to return back to my vomit, amen? I'm done with this. I want to move on in God. I want to do some great things in God. But I know that this thing has to be stripped away. And so, God, I'm going to stand in you. I'm going to obey your word, and I'm going to trust you. In 2021, I'm going to break it. You got to make up your mind, church. There's something that you got to declare inside of you what you want to do because you got to speak it. Come on, if you want to be an overcomer, don't just say it. Do it. Speak it. Stand in it, church. Uh, declare it over yourself. Uh, say, I'm a son of God. Uh, I'm a daughter of God. Amen. Uh, I'm more powerful. Uh, the blood of Jesus cleanses. You got to start saying some things over your life, church. See, when I think about breaking the cycle, uh, I, I can look at one of the most influential families in the Bible, and it had his, his problems of going back to their vomit, this sin in their lives, and it was passed down from generation to generation. I'm talking about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Come on, these were great men of God, uh, but when their backs were against the wall, when their situations were really tight, they would have times, these great men would throw up half-truths. Lie a little, connive a little bit, just to save their necks. But another family member came along, 
by the name of Joseph. And Joseph broke the cycle. Joseph didn't let his dog out. Joseph got out of the sin-sick cycle. Listen, Joseph never, never returned to his vomit. And that's great news for us, church, that if Joseph can break the cycle, so can you. So can I. Come on. That we can leave this place changed and free from the cycle of sin. We don't have to return to our own vomit anymore. Come on, somebody. How do we do that? Some of you here are thinking, uh, it's good for Joseph, uh, but how do I do that? Uh, how do I break the sin cycle in my life? Well, let me give you a couple ways of helping you break the cycle. I'm going to give you one today, and I'll finish up the second one on the second part, okay? Ready? First one, you have to confess. Let me know that's a good place to start. You've got to confess. In any recovery program, if you want to get well, you have to admit that you have a problem. Come on, if you don't admit you have a problem, you'll never, you'll never get well. That's where it starts. You have to admit, I have a problem. Somebody say, I have a problem. And that's the problem with most of us, amen, that we don't think we have a problem. Or we think that we have it under control, amen. Or, or we think, you know what, it's really not that bad. Listen, you have to admit the problem. You have to confess what you're dealing with. You have to admit that sin that, that, that has you. 1 John 1, 9 says this, If we confess our sins, He is faithful, speaking of God, He is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us, listen, listen from all unrighteousness. God will forgive you. All you got to do is confess. All you got to do is confess, church, and God will forgive you. Confession will free us, listen, to enjoy fellowship with Christ and it'll ease our conscience. You have to understand that God wants to forgive us. But some of us feel guilty because we are confessing the same sin over, listen, and over and over again. Come on. We kind of get embarrassed at coming back to him. I did it again, God. I did it again, God. We have this, 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 this guilt. So what we do and when we come to that point, we stop confessing. We, we, we stop doing that, that God's not going to forgive me again. How many know that God will forgive you each time you come? Come on, he'll forgive you. You ask for forgiveness, he'll give you forgiveness, amen. But you're going to have to, there has to be something changed inside of you. You're going to have to start to obey. You're going to have to, you're going to, have to start uh, applying some of the word, but you're going to have to admit when you fall short. See, God allowed his beloved son, the word, the word of God says, for God so loved the world that what? He sent Jesus for us. Jesus died just as God, can, that way God can offer us forgiveness, amen, and pardon us from all sin. When we come to Christ, we must confess. We must admit our wrongs, church, and God will forgive us of all our sins. Somebody say, all my sins. We ever committed. He will forgive us. You don't need to fear that God will reject you. God won't say again. You did it again. You're here again. No. This ain't a three strike, you're out of the kingdom thing. Come on, somebody say thank God. 
Well, we all fall short of God's glory, church. Let me ask you a question. Has anyone ever sinned after salvation? Hello? <laughs> yes. We fall short all the time, church. It doesn't matter how long you've been saved. I'll, I'll, you know, how I fall short. Come on. I know how to repent. <laughs> I, I confess. I go to daddy. Amen. I don't want to hang this over my head. Amen. I, 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 the Holy Spirit just convicts me right there. And I got, I got to, I got to confess. I got to say, I'm sorry. I got to, I got to, I got to do something. I can't not live with that. And so we understand just like David, David fell so many times, but he knew how to confess. He knew how to seek for forgiveness. He knew how to repent. He had a heart of repentance. We're going to fall short in our walk, church. So we must continue, listen, to confess our sins so that we can enjoy the maximum fellowship and joy with Christ. Listen, true confession also involves true commitment, a commitment not to continue in sin. You got to make a commitment, church. I don't want to sin. You got to say to you, I'm not going to sin. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to see that. You're going to have to make some, some decisions in your life. And those things that are surrounding you, that's causing you to fall down, church, you're going to have to cut away. If they're friends, you're going to, say, you're going to have to say bye-bye to those friends. Come on, no friendship is worth losing your salvation. Come on, if it's a workplace or, or job or whatever's pulling out that's pulling you away, you're going to have to cut some things off. Let me tell you, when I got saved, I cut all my friends. I had to. Otherwise, I would, not, I would not be here today. There had to be a decision. You've got to make a decision in your life. You say, you know what? I'm tired of this sin-sick cycle, amen. I'm tired of my past and, and my hang-ups, amen. I, I had to admit, yes, I was an alcoholic. I did not want to admit that. I had to admit that first and say, you know what? i got a drinking problem. And God, you're the one that's going to heal me, amen. Let me tell you, I gave my life to God. He took it from me the very day I got saved. I've never went back to the bottle or seek the bottle. I only seeked him, amen. He was my only thing that I wanted because I, I was tired of this. And when you say that and you start to get into his word, he gives you the strength to overcome, church. But you got to have a commitment. See, we get confession, but no commitment. We come and confess, but we don't commit to that confession, and we go do it again. So there has to be a commitment in our lives. You've got to be committed. It's just like a husband to a wife or a wife to a husband. I commit myself to you. I'm not going to jeopardize our marriage. I'm not going to do anything that, that jeopardizes that. My commitment is to you. You, baby. You. And the only way I can do that is with God. He's my strength. He's my reminder. The Holy Spirit is my friend to be there and say, hey, 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 don't look over there. Oh, okay. Come on. He's there to help me. He's there to guide me. He's there to teach me. He's there to say, remember your commitment. Then ultimately it's God. I don't want to hurt God. How many want to hurt God here? But when we sin, we hurt God. So God, I don't want to, I don't want to sin. If I did something out of the flesh, I wasn't prayed up or something just happened, God... The Holy Spirit convicts me, and I get there, and I, I, I ask for forgiveness. I ask for forgiveness every day. Every day. I ask God, forgive me of my sins as I forgive others. It's part of the Lord's prayer. So forgiveness and, 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 and asking for forgiveness is something that we ought to all do. Because we all fall short of God's glory, church. 
True confession involves true commitment. A commitment not to continue in that sin. You wouldn't truly be confessing to God, listen, if you were planning to do it later. You're not going to come to the altar and, and try to clean the slate, amen, and you say, you know what, I'm not going to, God, I, I forgive me, God, I, I don't want to do this, but in the back of your mind, you, you're going to do something that night. I don't think anybody that has uh, truly confessing to God would plan that. Come on. That's just temporary forgiveness. We, we don't want that. Come on. But we should also pray, church, for strength. Help me pray for strength here. God, give me some strength. God, give me some strength. God, God, help me not to fall into it. God, help me to say no. Give me the strength that I need to do what I need to do, what comes against me. Strength to defeat the temptation that, that, that you know, that, that, that I won't embrace it, that I'll say no to it. See, the question is, what is it for you? This is something that you got to think about. This is something that you got to really look at yourself, you know, because you got to look at yourself. God, I've been coming to church. I, I've been serving God. And, and, and there's, there's certain things I, I can't go any further. I, I'm hitting walls. I, I'm not going further. Or, or, or it's good for a while. Then I fall again, and, and it becomes a cycle. So what is it for you? What is it that lures you in? Come on. What, 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 what is it that causes you to return back to your vomit? What, what voices are you listening, church? What is it that tells you, come this way? What is it that, that, that gets your attention? Church, we have to confess. We have to admit where we fall short or the wrong that we're doing in order for forgiveness, listen, to come. See, it's easy, right? Sounds easy. Confess and be forgiven. Come on, it's really a, a, a no-brainer. God, if you go to God and you confess of your sins, he will forgive you. That's God's word. Lord, I got a problem. Help me. Lord, I'm messed up. I messed up again. Forgive me. Come on, it, it sounds easy, church, but so many people don't do that. They, they just come to church. They go into the flow. They go into their routine. Because sometimes you can be a routine in church. And there's things that you're not living right, but you come in and you put the, this falseness and, and you come in and you thought, well, as long as I come to church, as long as I worship God, as long as I'm giving, you know, everything's good. You know, God, God will forgive me even though I don't confess it. And you think just church is going to save you. Church doesn't save you. We think just because uh, you're part of PCLV, I'm in. No. Come on, come on, check my record, call my pastor. I'm there every Sunday, every Wednesday, I'm an usher, I'm this, I'm that, whatever it is. That does not get you in, amen. That does not give you a right to sin either. And think that, you know, you're exempt from that, that God forgives you because you come to church, you give your tithes, and you say, we're going we're gonna to kind of not, not look at this anymore. Or God's going to close his eye, okay, I didn't see that. See, we can't come in here like that, church. If we want to succeed, if we want to grow, if we really truly want victory, then we're going to have to truly forgive. And we're going to have to truly confess in order for forgiveness to come. But people don't do that, amen. People won't come clean. People don't want to admit. Because either in shame, embarrassment, whatever it is, let me tell you, 
Come on, put that pride aside, amen. Put that shame aside. Say, God, I got to get right. God, I, I want, God, forgive me, God. I have a problem. I'm dealing with this, God. I need your forgiveness, God. Come on, don't put up a front. You know what? I can't do that because I'm a leader. Or I can't say nothing because I'm this or that or I'm on the worship team. You know, we, we think all these things and the devil prays with your mind and says, if you confess, they're going to kick you out. You ever felt like that? Oh, if I say this, man, oh, that's it. I'm done here. You got to confess. You got to say, I got a problem. You need to say, Lord, I'm messed up. And I need your help. Listen, if we don't come clean, church, God will eventually call you out. When he calls you out, he, he, he puts you on blast. Not to embarrass you, but because he loves you. I don't know, though, there's been times where God's put me on blast. There's times I had to confess over this pulpit. Come oh, babe. To people. Because I've done things. I just, you know, you move. You just, I can feel like Moses sometimes. These are your people. <laughs> I say things wrong, and I've done things wrong. I, I don't stand here as a perfect, perfect pastor. I, I don't stand up here like I got it all together. I've made mistakes over that pulpit. I've made mistakes with people. I've said things wrong. I, 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 I've fleshed out. Come on. But God convicts me, and I, and I make it right. I've confessed over that pulpit to you guys, the church, what I said was wrong. What I did last week was wrong. What I, what I said over this pulpit was not right. You don't come out clean, he'll eventually call you out. You see, God is calling you out today. He's calling for confession. He's calling for admission. Church. He's calling for repentance. Genesis chapter 3 verse 10 says, I heard you walking in the garden, and so I hid because I was afraid. Why was Adam and Eve afraid? Because they sinned. Because of the guilt, because of the fear. You see, right after Adam and Eve sinned, after they chewed on that forbidden fruit, can I tell you, they knew they messed up. They felt the conviction. Come on, it's like Eve. She grabbed the fruit and she ate it. And, 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 and right away, right when Eve, this is what I think, right when Eve ate that fruit, she felt the conviction. He says, I'm not going down here. Have some. <laughs> Gave it to her husband. You're going down with me, amen. Come on, I'm not going down alone, amen. And so he, she ate it. She goes, oh, man, this, I, don't, I don't feel good here. Have some of this. She wasn't going down. She, she knew what she was doing. She gave it to Adam. Adam eats it. Adam should have just slapped that fruit out of her hand. What's wrong with you, girl? You know what he said. But no, there he is. Okay, I don't know. He eats it too. Now they're both feeling guilty. And what happens? He throws the blame on who? Eve. It was her. It was a woman you gave me. 
Right there, I mean, the, the blame game started, amen. You know, she's like, you know, he felt so guilty after he ate. He goes, why'd you do that to me? Yeah. I threw the fruit right back at her. And then now they're both feeling guilty. Look what it says in Genesis chapter 6, verse 7. 6 through 7, it says, the woman was convinced. Come on, here's the serpent. He's talking to her. He's telling her, girl, you're not going to die. You know, you're going to have all this. You're going to get all the wisdom. All this. And she's convinced. And then she saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruits looked delicious. And she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took, some, took of the fruit and ate it. And then she gave it to her dumb husband. Her husband, I mean, who was with her. So the dude was even with her there, seeing all this, and then he eats it too. And at that moment, it goes on to say, their eyes were open. Somebody say, their eyes were open. And suddenly they felt the shame of their nakedness. So they sew some fig leaves together to cover themselves, or listen, to cover their sin. In Genesis chapter 3, 8 and 9, it says this. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord among the trees, and the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. You see, they weren't trying to play a cute game with God. They weren't playing hide and seek with God. They were really hiding from God. Listen, Christians today are hiding from God because they don't want to confess or admit their sin. So we hide behind our praise the Lord. We hide behind the God bless you, Pastor. We hide from these things uh, because we feel guilty uh, of what's going on. They were hiding from the God. They were afraid. They were naked. No one ever told them they were naked. Until the sin came. Look what David said in Psalms 32 verse 4. My strength evaporates like water in the summer heat. Finally, I confess all my sins to you and stop trying to hide my guilt. And then David goes on to say, I say to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord and you forgive me and all my guilt is gone. How awesome is that, church? That once we confess, once we admit, once we stop hiding, God forgives us and removes us, removes all the sin and the guilt. I mean, that is a great deal, church. Despite of what you've done, despite of what you're doing right now, that if you confess that to God, admit that you're wrong, He'll forgive you right here. You can go home with a clean slate, clean conscience tonight, church. Say, God, forgive me. So many people are just one step away, one prayer away, one confession away from forgiveness and gaining freedom. One admission from lying to a life like Joseph and breaking the cycle of sin. The question is, what's keeping you from that prayer? You have to understand tonight, church, there's a force that's coming against you. And that force is getting vicious every single day. 
The closer we get closer of him returning, Jesus coming back for his church, it's going to get worse and worse, church. This force against us is going to get worse and worse. The scripture refers to this force as Satan. He is a force that's coming against our nation right now. He's coming against California right now. He's coming against the world right now. He's coming. It isn't, it isn't people standing for their rights. It isn't people protesting their opinion, church. You gotta understand, this is much deeper than all that. What's going on in our world it has is much deeper than that. I'm talking about spiritual warfare here. I'm talking about the devil uh, saying amen. He knows how to push buttons, amen. And he's pushing buttons in our nation. Uh, he's pushing buttons in our world. Uh, he's pushing buttons in our governors. Uh, come on, he's, this is something demonic. It's a force that's coming after you. We're talking about someone who doesn't want us to confess. Someone that doesn't want us to admit that we're wrong or what we're doing is wrong. Satan doesn't want you, listen, to leave your vomit. Church, I'm going to close tonight. Deliverance only comes as you make a confession, an admission of your sin and your wrong actions. God is calling you to repentance. Come out from your hiding. You don't need to hide and think God won't forgive you because he will. Just repent, confess, and be forgiven. And through that, you experience freedom. Freedom that we all know about. Freedom when you first got saved. That true confession, that true admission. When you, when you cried out to God and you said the sinner's prayer and you broke, amen. You felt the freedom. That God was going to do something in your life. That God was going to put your life together. Amen. That you can walk out this place with your head up, held up high. Forgiven, church. Man, I was so messed up. I was so tore up. Amen. Uh, when, 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 when I came to the Lord. Amen. And, and man, I had a lot of things to confess. I had a lot of things I was writing, writing, uh, running from and hiding from. Amen. Uh, and then I go to the altar call and God just says, you know what? Just, just give me your life for, ask for forgiveness. Confess of your sins, son. Uh, and I, and I'll restore you. All this stuff that I was hiding from, all this stuff that I was putting up in front and trying to hide and didn't want anyone to see all my mistakes and all the things that I've done wrong. And so I admitted to God, amen, and then freedom came. I walked out that church, man, free. Man, I was crying and mocos everywhere, but you know what? I was free. I walked out and I said, God, I'm set free. Bondage of alcohol, set free. I walked out, man. I walked into that church as an alcoholic. I walked out as a as a recovered alcoholic. Hallelujah! I was set free. That was the power of God, just like that. Boom! God still does miracles, church. Let me tell you, if you confess that way, God can set you free. You experience the freedom. You can break you. He can, he can break lust. He can break pornography. He can break all these things. If you confess that I have a problem, God, 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 I need to admit this to you. God will set you free. He will forgive you. Just repent, confess, and be forgiven, and then experience freedom. I'll close with this scripture. Psalms 32, verse 5 says, I say to myself, I will confess to the Lord 
and you forgive me, and all my guilt is gone. Church, this is what God wants to do for you. But you got to admit, and you got to confess, for freedom to come.